It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, let's start out right now by this observation. First of all, Rich, one of the things about being an old-timer, your memory is long. It really goes back a long ways, and yet until you keep getting older and then your memory starts to get short. <laughs> is that the way it works? Mine hasn't reached that point yet, but tell me now, Bot Radio Network, you see, is 55 or 56 years 55 old. 55 in 2017. Now, now, then there was a time about 40 years ago that I started to think, wouldn't it be nice to have a radio station in St. Louis? St. Louis is a big area. St. Louis is a big city. Wouldn't it be nice to have good quality Bible teaching and Christian talk radio in St. Louis? And so uh, we prayed about that, and the Lord opened a door. How many years ago was that? Uh, 34 years. You know, Dad, that was our fourth station because first it was Oklahoma, Kansas City, then Oklahoma City, then Fort Wayne, and then St. Louis in 1982. And one, oh, in 1982, okay. And then one of the very first people we met in St. Louis was Donna Hearn. I remember it vividly, but how many how many years ago was that? Did you well, say? I don't know. It couldn't have been that long ago. Well, thirty six or thirty seven years ago, I think. Didn't you say? I oh, yeah. It was, the station in St. Louis started in uh, thirty four years ago. But Donna Hearn was one of those people that we learned about quickly, who had a grasp on education issues on the issues that are really, really important to the Christian community, but to all Americans who want to stop and think about it, who want to really take it to heart, because her own testimony was just wonderful. Well, anyway, Donna Hearn— With a conservative and a biblical worldview. Now, Donna Hearn is the executive director right to this day of the Constitutional Coalition, and she's a former official in the U.S. Department of Education— I like that. And then on our AM radio station in St. Louis, she has also had a talk show for 24 years. So that's been a long time. And she's authored books and, uh, and uh, also uh, has produced films. And there isn't anything that Donna Hearn doesn't get her hands into on important, important issues that affect the Christian community, all parents, all citizens, all Americans. So welcome, Donna, to this broadcast. Thank you, Dick. And you know what? I have to tell you, it was April 10th, 1984. So it was 34 years ago. I mean, well, not quite 34 years ago that I started working with you. And that was my first radio program that I did for Encounter in St. Louis. And I will never forget it because the first guest I interviewed was a hero of mine by the name of Jesse Helms. Oh. I had gone to, gone to Washington, D.C. with a little portable recorder, never having done any of this before. And, man, I was hooked. Radio was in my blood. You man, know, alive. It, it, that goes back to 1984, well, and that's in our very first you studio know, now, there. Now you bring up, you see, Jesse Helms was known as Senator No. Yeah. Because here's the thing. No one is perfect. And Jesse Helms' earlier service in political service and other time, didn't he come from North or South Carolina? North Carolina, North Carolina. And you see, I remember vividly, you see, that uh, no one is perfect in his his past. The culture in which he was raised 
was was not not good. But over time, Jesse Helms became a standard bearer for truth and a standard bearer for the rights of all Americans. He was just a hero because when he didn't believe something was right, he was willing to take a stand and say so. And so all Americans really learned to appreciate him. And uh, But tell us about your own testimony and tell us about what led up to your establishing uh, the Constitutional Coalition, especially as it pertains to education. Well, Dick, you know, it's interesting because you and I, have I've shared this in a longer version and, and you can't do it really adequately in a, in, a, in a short radio program, but I essentially was an existential liberal atheist, and uh, but I had been educated very well, educated um, the scientific method that you had to have facts and the facts had to be replicated and they had to, had to add up and things all had to come together. And I was challenged early on by some things that I was saying. And as I say, I was a liberal. I went to Crone College, which was extraordinarily liberal, and uh, was challenged. I was not a believer. I did not even believe that. No, no, back up for a minute, because that word existential, that's a long word for an old man. You'll have to explain that. (laughs) Well, essentially, existentialism, the the short description is, that you only know what exists right that moment as it's happening. There yeah. is no past and there's no future. And when you when you believe that, you know, it means that the past has no meaning to you. If there's history, there could be. There really is no truth. There is no standards. Um, it is only totally what you think, and you are the center of the universe. And I had been very very uh, aptly persuaded in college with uh, taking of French and reading a lot of the existentialists, Camus and Sartre and all in French, uh, it was really kind of poured into me and all of that really was very appealing to me. It was uh, something that was fitting in with my liberal viewpoint of the world at that point. Anyway, long story. Uh, 1964, I was essentially challenged by my obstetrician. At this point, I was married and had uh, one child expecting a second. To, uh, to read a book called None Dare Call It Treason. And, of mm-hmm. course, uh, there's thousands and thousands of people across the country that had the same experience I did. You read it. It made sense. All of a sudden, I realized I had been lied to and that I had not been told all of the story. I love the title of your your radio program because so much of what's going on today is that we just don't hear the rest of the story. And I had not had the rest of the story. Mm. So I had been challenged, and I have a little bit of Irish blood in me, and I decided I better check it out. And first of all, I was going to prove the person wrong who had challenged me. And I ended up, of course, of having to swallow my pride and say, I'm sorry, you're it, right. It, you know, isn't, oh. it, isn't it wonderful? One of the problems, I think, Donna, because we want to get into your conferences coming up now, but one yeah. of the problems we face always is people don't have enough questions. They don't have... They don't have as many questions as they should have in order to seek and to search and to look and be satisfied that what they really have found is the truth. And then we know the truth is found at the foot of the cross. Oh, absolutely. But you see, history, if we don't really look into history and understand history, how do we understand the present? Well, that, that's exactly right. And I came to understand that. But, you know, back in the 60s when I first first became a conservative, four years later became a Christian, uh, God had put into me the search for truth, and uh, and and I I actually back in the early 60s 
I met a woman by the name of Phyllis Schlafly, mm-hmm. and she uh, inspired me when I was a new a new conservative, and she was standing up for truth against a lot of odds, and I became good friends with her, and we actually worked for many, many years till her death, quite frankly. Uh, on on issues, I was her issues chairman for education, ultimately for many many years. Many phone calls late at night talking about the issues. But the point was, the search for truth has been planted in each of us, and we can either quell, you know, we can either quench it, or we can we can nourish it. And I fortunately uh, was in an atmosphere where where I was encouraged to nourish it. And so out of that came my search for truth, and I became. A conservative, then I became a Christian, I became a believer, and, and when I became a believer, I understood that God was in control, and, and having been a conservative first, I, and I saw what was happening in the communist world, and the slaughter of people, and the awful things that were happening, you just didn't sleep at night if you just couldn't answer what was going on, and so fortunately, God opened his doors and called me, and I, I came to be a believer and came to have the joy and the hope that he gives to you with the resurrection. But the point being is that Americans today aren't given the whole story. And so, you know, getting up to the present, um, we have had an educational policy conference every year since 1990. I spent 10 years in the U.S. Department of Education. President Reagan put me in some very important positions because I had ended up helping in 1976 run his campaign in Missouri and uh, became very much one of his people that were out there in, in, the, in the streets helping to, to get him elected as president. Yeah. And, of course, um, interestingly enough, years later when I saw him at the White House one day and I said, you know, I said, you put me in the pit of hell when you put me in the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. And he just, eyes twinkling, just sort of says, uh-huh, well, uh-huh. I mean, he knew exactly what he'd done. Yeah. Let, let but, me make an in- that's where the crux of the change in our country comes. Let, let me make an insert here. Uh, first of all, going back a little ways, you said that there is a question within each of us a search for truth. But, you know, if a child's mind has never been opened up, if a child has never been been awed by by the uh, what what is out there to inquire about, if the child has never been given a good school to go to, to awaken that that intensity of wanting to look into things, you see, and that's why education is so important, and all of those things. Now, Phyllis Schlafly wrote what book was it? Well, she did a choice, not an echo, which there you is a sixty-four go. book, and but she did a strike from space, and she's done. She did many, many, many books, and I worked with her on the initial issues. Uh, really, she and Fred and uh, Phil Crane and I basically uh, covered a lot of the United States, debating the Panama Canal and the the missile crisis and the different yeah. uh, buildups. In and the you see, Union. now so tell I, me, I worked with Phil. Were you in the Department of Education when Bill Bennett was the Secretary of Education under Ronald Reagan? Yes. Yes. I was. All right. Now, Bill Bennett wrote a book because he was very, very alarmed at that time about the quality of education being offered to American kids in junior high and and grade school, frankly, starting in grade school, then junior high and then in high school. And while he was secretary of education, I think he wrote the book. I forget the name of it now. You'll probably remember it. 
But he was very alarmed, and yet well, nothing he, he ever was, changed. Was. He was, Dick. And let me kind of quickly segue into how uh, some of the stuff that Bill was interested in when I was working as in the department. I chaired two different committees, uh, two different commissions, literally. Uh, and then I was appointed by Reagan. The last appointment I had was to what was known as America 2000, which was the uh, it preceded the uh, Goals 2000 and, and Common Core. But I had been tasked by the White House. I was one of two from the White House who was to essentially go and, and, and gum up the works because Reagan was very much opposed to this sort of thing. But Bill Bennett uh, recognized that what we had taught years ago, hundreds of years ago in America, was the kind of education we should have. And so he basically had put together something called What Works. And, and it was just, yes, phonics works, folks, so let's use phonics. Yep, let's do some good, intensive, deep literature. Yes, that works. And, and really the traditional education of our forefathers. Let's look into history. Let's find out. Let's find out what came before us. Right. Let's find out how we got into the mud puddles that we certainly did as far as civil rights is concerned and a lot of things. Right. And Everything then he, then... has a history. And then he wrote the Book of Virtues. Right, of Virtues. So, so he was interested in that. And, and coming forward, fast forward to our conference in 1990, I was still working in the Department of Education, and I had access to a library that was kind of off the beaten track. It was under a couple of sets of locks. Nobody went in it. The books were pretty much falling apart. But in that library were hundreds of books going back 400 years. In that library told the story of the battle for the soul of America. And you could tell by the textbooks that were there in the early years, the, the McGuffey's Reader, the Bibles, the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the primer that was used. These were the things, and they were so biblically based. And then you started to see the progressives and the Frankfurt schools and, and the German thought coming in. But when you looked at how many were published, you saw that in the early years, they didn't make any dent in America. Uh, and so we decided we needed to let people know the, about the battle going on inside the classroom for the soul of America. And so that's why 1990 we started with our educational policy conference. We've had them every year. We've got them this year, the 26th, 7th, and 8th of January. That's just a couple weeks away here in St. Louis. And uh, if anybody wants to come, you can go to epcconference.org okay. and register. Uh, wonderful speakers, and we are going to be talking like we never have before, Dick. You, you're just going to love it about the battle of good and evil in the classroom and what we need to be telling our kids and what's going on. All right. Now, you brought this up. I want to I want to punctuate that, folks. Listen up now. I don't care where you are listening to this broadcast, and it is being carried all the way from California to Texas to Indiana, all over the place. But there is time to come to this conference in St. Louis, and it's going to be what date? It is Thursday night, the 26th, starting with Sheriff David Clark of Milwaukee. All right, now Thursday night on the 26th Sixth. of January. And, and, it, and it goes Friday, uh, all day Friday, Friday night, Friday afternoon at lunch. We are bringing in from Peru, from Lima, Peru, one of the most acclaimed international economists who are going to show how we can go from poverty to prosperity. I mean, that's one of the debates going on now. On Friday night, we've got Michelle Bachman. On Saturday, we have Jesse Lee Peterson, who's going to close, who's just awesome. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Oh, I, oh, you know, I've been interviewing Jesse Lee Peterson on the complete story for so many years. He's a black 
black man, and what a testimony. What a beautiful, beautiful testimony he has. Well, and he's closing our meeting, but let me tell Dick, we have, if you've never been to our conference, you can still get the first time rate of $275. Now, if you've ever go to any conferences, that is a steal, particularly since it includes two dinners and two lunches and about 25 of some of the world's top speakers. We've got two speakers coming from Ireland, one from Peru, and we have speakers. I, I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you the absolute incredibleness of who we've got. We've got former Majority Leader Tom DeLay is going to be talking about the Constitution and the Bible, why it has to be in our schools. We've got Michael Walsh from, from, from Ireland who's going to be talking about the Devil's Pleasure Palace, why, why the world is, is seeking pleasure and, and, and what it's done to us. And, and then we have Dr. Peter Wood of the American Association of Scholars who's going to show how the AP European history has had all, almost all of Christianity expunged. If wow. you can imagine teaching world history, uh, European history, and not talking about the Reformation and, and Florence Nightingale and, and Martin Luther and John Calvin, but that's what's coming. And so people need to know this. But we've also got Saturday a full day, a full half day of positive things including after the conference, we're going to be screening the new film, Gosnell, about the story of... Oh, wait wait a minute. Is that the film that we saw in Mm -hmm. Washington at Council for National Policy? Listen, folks. Now, listen to me, folks. Uh, If for no other reason, and there are a lot of reasons, but if there were not this film to preview it, and see it. Are you going to have comfortable seating? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So people would have comfortable seating. And I am telling you, this film, this film that she's talking about is worth the conference, the price of the conference by itself. Well, God bless well, you, Donna screening. I didn't know that you're going to screen that no, movie. We, we, that After I saw it, when you and I both were in the same room, and after I saw that, I thought, we end our conference at 2 o'clock on Saturday, but we just knew that this had to be a part of it. So we've added it on. It's an extra, but it costs nothing. Uh, nobody has to pay anything to go see this film. And if you are part of the conference, it's part of what you've registered for. So, So basically... Dick, you know, we've got some of the very best of the very best across the world here in St. Louis for a couple of days for ridiculous price. Think about it. This many speakers, you average it out, it comes out to about $10, $12 per speaker, and then you can throw in all your meals free if you want to look at it. <laughs> right. Well, and I've been know, to this conference uh, a number of times, and I can testify, this is a fantastic I'm, conference. I'm, I'm, and it's at a beautiful hotel, the Hotel Frontenac, right there in the center of the St. Louis I, uh, metropolitan area. Well, you all can break it down into dollars and cents. What I want to tell the people is you will go home with your heart changed, and you will go home with knowledge that will be like a fuel a container, you see, to send you into orbit to do a lot of things in your community and, and more than ever before. This not, conference... only, not only that, Dick, but we have an incredible resource room. We have thousands of items. We encourage all the speakers to bring their books and their DVDs, and we discount them, and we tell people to come with an empty suitcase and lots of money because <laughs> we want you to go home with all the resources to fight the battle in your community. That's what we're doing. We're equipping <laughs> you with the ideas and the tools and the pushback against the progressives. And, and you know, let me, let me address that just a second because, yes, Trump is in the White House. 
White House. And yes, there's a turn in what's happened in America. But let me tell you, every year the public schools are graduating students who know nothing about Christianity, who know nothing about our history, who've been brainwashed into believing in global warming and so on and so on. And if we don't start to take back the culture and push back against the progressives, this gain of, of right now will be lost and our children will never yeah. see freedom. Well, listen, now, this is Dick Bott talking, and I know Rich agrees with me across the, the uh, council here in the studio. But I want to say this. Uh, Donald Trump was not my first choice. Rich and I, frankly, well, were for Ted Cruz. We just kind of analyzed it. We thought, well, Ted Cruz is the guy. But I want to tell you, God has his plan. And, folks, you've got to wake up. And you've got to wake up and you've got to realize that God has his plan and God uses whom he chooses. Now, I want to say this, that on the issue of education, I have been so pleased because these are the things that I care about as a Christian and as a United States citizen, as a father, as a husband, all of these things, the things I care about are, first of all, life, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But the issue of life uh, is addressed now by this administration coming in because the Supreme Court of the United States is the open door to little unborn children, perhaps, perhaps being given a chance to continue living, uh, be, being given a chance to continue to have their worth acknowledged and their life acknowledged as important. You see, so so life in the Supreme Court is very important. The next thing is education, because how are we going to eradicate how are we going to eradicate poverty? How are we going to eradicate hopelessness in some of our inner cities and places where kids don't have a decent school to go to and they just grow up physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, they're dead? You know, and Dick, this is where we're specifically addressing the conference this year is is uh, the opening speaker is Sheriff Clark from well, Milwaukee. Well, wonderful. Look, it is a black man, you see. I've now, created now, chaos. Well, wait, wait a minute now. But let me just go on. And when I heard Donald Trump, Trump say that he thinks that the inner cities and the outer cities, everyone needs a decent school to go to so everybody can enjoy the full fruit of United States citizenship and what God intends everybody to have. That got my attention. And then you could go right on before then. And I don't want to filibuster here on the program because we want to interview you. But I have been plagued for so long by looking all around my life and finding that everything I have was made in another country. Everything was manufactured from my shoes to the shirt on my back to the desk that I'm sitting at right now to the chair in my living room. Nothing that I have anymore was made in America, it seems. And yet there was a time when our manufacturing plants and the manufacturing of products and everything else not only gave people jobs where they had a paycheck, but America was better because of it. So all of these things seem to be addressed now by someone who is the new president that I had not understood, but God did, and we have to watch him perfect his will for America because all of the indicators are amen. Yeah, and did know. we talk about the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos? Now, my word... We have known uh, her parents as well as her in-laws for many, many years, and she comes from good stock, and she has been fighting for the things you're talking about 
um, Donna Hearn for many years. So everything seems to be coming together. And your conference in St. Louis will be a wonderful starting point for so many people. You know, Dick, I, I like the word starting point because, because again, uh, I saw this in, 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 in the years of the Reagan administration, that when we elected Reagan, everybody says, oh, good, we're finally there, I'm going back to sleep. I mean, they didn't quite say that, but that's essentially what they did. And that's the danger we have today. We need to understand that Satan doesn't sleep. That's Satan right. doesn't back out of the battle just because there's a temporary loss. And if we're going to continue what what President-elect Trump is trying to do, and I have to tell you that you know, in working with Phyllis Schlafly for all these years, uh, Phyllis was always a speaker at my conference until this last year. She always had her leaders' conference afterwards so that she could encourage her her leaders around the country to come to my conference. It's the only conference that she ever uh, sided up with next to and supported and encouraged year after yeah. year after year. You know, Phyllis was one of my heroes. Well, let me say this. Phyllis Schlafly's Eagle Forum leaders around the United States were always involved in exactly what you're doing, and you were involved in everything she stood for. Right. So this yes, is a yes. wonderful coalescing, yeah, a coalescing to continue on, on the legacy that Phyllis started. And, and exactly that. And Phyllis and I worked together very carefully, late phone calls at night about issues and, and strategizing things, sharing rooms, sharing projects, uh, working on testimony before different legislatures and fighting battles. And I know, you know, Phyllis, whenever the, the law of the sea would pop up in the Congress, mm. uh, I would call Phyllis and she said, yep, let's do it again. So we'd do another radio interview about it. So, well, so Phyllis and I worked together for a long time. Well, what, now I tell us, tell us, give us a brief description of the law of the sea. See, these are all important that affect people's lives. Yeah. But, but Dick, you know, you all in at Bot Radio have been so generous uh, through the years to make sure that information is out there, and I've been so grateful for what you've done, not only presenting the gospel and the Bible teaching, um, you know, I, I hang on the words of so many of, of the preachers that you have on there, but I also say that if you don't know what's going on, then you can't, you can't carry out God's will for your life. Well, if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what to pray about. No, no and you don't know what to do. <laughs> for and starters. I'm not here just to... Just just to, to be saved, we're here to carry out and be servants of God wherever he puts us. And this is we're what saved to about. serve. And, you know, you're getting me all pumped up here. My blood's running fast. But you see, your children do not belong to the state. Your children belong to you. And if you don't know what's going on in educational uh, environments today, my word, my word, this conference is someplace you certainly need to be at. Yeah, and yeah. everything else is going to be discussed. Let me let me just give the the uh, place to go because people need to get signed up now. I can promise you, uh, we have so many years of testimony. People who've come say their lives have been changed. Many, many, many people, and as well as people who've gone into the into the into the civic arena as elected officials who've gotten their start at EPC. But EPC conference. Org. Again, EPC Conference, that stands for Educational Policy Conference, epcconference.org. You can go and get registered. You're, if you're a first-timer, it's a steal for 275 It's actually cost probably close to $1,000 per person because I have to raise a lot of money to yeah. pay for these speakers. Now, tell me, uh, is there a website now that people can find out all about the speakers, find That's out it. about your organization, find out about what you've stood for? Because they well, want to be they want to be a regular, active part of this. 
Well, part of the, you know, the, the Educational Policy Conference is sponsored by our parent organization called the Constitutional Coalition. And again, you can, if you can figure out how to spell Constitutional Coalition, most of us can't, but you can go to constitutionalcoalition.org and you can find out about who we are and where we've been and what do we stand for and what do we believe in. And, Dad, I'm just looking through the website here while we're on the radio, and, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, uh, Congressman Michelle Bachman, Sheriff David Clark, Jesse Lee Peterson, Frank Gaffney, Dr. Everett Piper, one of our favorites oh my, here on The Complete oh my, Story, oh and Jay Ashcroft, the new, newly installed uh, Secretary of State here in the state of Missouri, uh, Sam Sorbo. And isn't that Kevin Sorbo's yes. wife? Yes, Sam. Oh, she is story. terrific. God's not dead. Uh, she is terrific. And McElhaney, we, we mentioned that movie. She and her husband put together that movie about Gosnell, Bill Federer, and and General Jerry Boykin, just an all-star cast of speakers. It's just going to be tremendous. It is, it is going to be incredible. As I've said, we've been doing this, you know, really we've been doing it for over 30 years. Tell us now about the location, because the, the, the location, the hotel that you've chosen is just really nice. That's yes, nice. It, is, it is the Saints. St. Louis Frontenac Hilton, and if you go to our website, you can find the the uh, uh, hotel reservations. I would encourage you to call right away to get a room, and the, we have a very nice rate of $107 a night, which if you go to hotels, you know that's pretty darn decent. That's two double beds, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, you can squeeze in four people for that same price if you really well, are. Well, how about a cot? How about a cot? <laughs> uh, a cot, floor, whatever, you know. And we're only about 20 minutes from the airport. It's it's at the intersection of some pretty major highways, so that it's easy to drive to right off of Interstate 64, literally on the edge of it. Uh, it's easy to get to, and it's a lovely hotel. We have good food, and it's and the people that come are some of the best in the world. They come from forty some different states. Uh, January twenty sixth, right? Twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and if you stay for the Gosnell film, that will be over about five o'clock. Oh, you, and, and you've got to do that. Yeah, no, you listen, have to. It's, we we got to get out of here. Uh, this is Dick Bott with this chapter. The complete story is a public service, by the way, and I'll see you later. 